The federal government has made a deal to raise the debt ceiling. Hallelujah, our long national nightmare is finally over with. Now we can get back to talking about things that are actually important and things that really matter. Stuff like, you know, banking crisis, collateral collapse in the monetary system, as well as recessions around the world, including right here in the United States, maybe even right now as I'm talking to you. Now let's take the first part first, the repo money banking crisis. If you haven't seen the video I did a couple days ago during the weekend, and it was a holiday in the United States Memorial Day, I understand why that wouldn't be at the top of your list of things to do this weekend, but I highly recommend, if you haven't seen it already, check it out, because the, the evidence that we uncovered in the repo market, T-bills, collateral, all that stuff, going back to last year, connecting that stuff and going on uh, in the UK markets and gilt to Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse and what that means moving forward, you have to see the evidence to really, to really put it into perspective. So I highly recommend you, if you haven't seen that video because of the holiday weekend, go back and watch that one. That'll, talk, that'll, that'll cover the stuff on the monetary system that we need to pay attention to. Because remember, deflationary money becomes deflationary economy, or as Ben Bernanke once said a couple, uh, 20 years ago, deflationary recession. The recession part said last week, um, we talked about how Germany already in recession from the fourth quarter of last year into the first quarter of this year, even though the government optimistically projected that the economy, that economy would avoid a recession. Turns out, no, they were being wildly optimistic lesson here, as the other big lesson is that markets had that right too. They said in October into November, particularly really going back to September, but October into November began to shift as the economy did, as the monetary system did. All of these things together, not in the second half of 2023, but really the later stages of 2022, before we even get to this year. So German economy, that's already in recession. And as I mentioned at the beginning, the U.S. economy, according to the recent data from the government, suggests we may already be in recession too. In fact, there are several incredibly reliable indicators that put the recession right here, right now. Actually, not right here, right now. The first quarter, before we even get to Silicon Valley Bank and the fallout from it, the credit crunch and everything else, we might have already been in a recession before we even started with the most public and obvious outbreak of deflationary money, which suggests that the Federal Reserve, which is now looking for a mild recession in the second half, may have to look backward at the mild recession in the first half and wonder, what does that actually mean for the second half? And what do I actually mean by evidence? And where does this evidence coming from? Well, we know about GDP. In fact, most people pay attention to really only a couple economic variables. One of them is GDP. The other is really the unemployment rate. And everything else in between is left off the table. The other side of GDP is something called GDI, because every time you spend a dollar on a good or service, that means that's a dollar received by the good or service provider. And GDI can often tell us something that GDP does not. And when we examine GDI, what we find out is what we're going to talk about today. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University has memberships available. We talk about deflation and money and the background information about how it came about, what it is, and where it might be going. Memberships available for you there at the Eurodollar University website, as well as research subscriptions. The one I do at the Eurodollar University website 
called the Daily Deep Dive Analysis, which, as the name suggests, we dive deep into these monetary and macro topics and where the two things, the two factors really collide. I also do a research, uh, have a research subscription at marketsinsiderpro.com. That's a bundle, a partnership with Tracy, Tracy Shukard and Mr. Stephen Van Meter. Check that out at marketsinsiderpro.com or the information on all of those things at our website, eurodollar.university. Do we have gross domestic product? That's GDP. That's the one we all pay attention to. That's the one that everybody, when the quarterly numbers come out, that tells you exactly what the economy means. But as I said, every dollar spent is a dollar received by someone. So the Bureau of Economic Analysis, which is the government agency which prepares the numbers for GDP, they also look at GDP or the economy really output from the other side of the, uh, the ledger. That is incomes, gross domestic income, GDI. And what GDI is, it's a little bit different. The, about a little bit more than half of it comes from, as you would expect, the compensation of employees. So that's a big part of income. There's also taxes on production and imports, net of subsidies. That's a smaller part, basically what the government collects from the real economy, the exchanges of goods and services, as well as uh, exchange a trade from around the rest of the world. There's something called the net operating surplus. Net operating surplus is basically business profits. Uh, there's a few other items in there, but how much income does the business sector, not just corporations, but small businesses and, and sole proprietorships and all those kinds of, kinds, of, kinds of things I can talk. And then there's also the consumption of fixed capital, which has to do with a bunch of accounting stuff as well as depreciation. But by and large, how much how much equipment and uh, capital expenditures that need to be accounted for in present dollar, a uh, bunch of accounting stuff. But essentially GDI is, as I said, the other side of GDP. And when you put the two series together, what you find is that more often than not, they largely agree. They follow along in the same path because they should. They should add up at least relatively closely. And they don't always add up because there's some quirks and changes Sometimes they're just noise, sometimes they're more than noise, where they don't add up. Now we should really point out here that nominal GDP, nominal GDP has slowed way down. When did it slow way down? Nominal GDP slowed down in the fourth quarter of last year, and it continued to slow down in the first quarter of this year. So over the last six months, or actually the the last six months of data that we have before we really get to the banking crisis, the economy, the nominal economy, according to GDI, had already slowed way down, which again is consistent with everything that we've seen in the inventory cycle, in corporate corporate anecdotes, uh, profitability. We talked about corporate profits. I mean, corporate profits are being squeezed as nominal spending goes down. But in fact, we look at the two quarter change in nominal GDI, uh, so from the third quarter of last year up until the end of the first quarter of this year, it's, ro it's, it's increased at only a half a percent rate. So that's roughly a little bit over 1% annual rate. So half a percent increase in just those two quarters, which that's already a recession signal. In fact, in the entire history of gross domestic income, which goes way back, way back to 1947 along with GDP, Half a percent two-quarter change is something you rarely see outside of recession. In fact, the only two pre pre uh, preceding times when it had been that low and it hadn't been recession, 
the U.S. economy was very nearly. The last time you have to go back to the last time that uh, GD, GDI was rising in a two-quarter change of 0.5% 0, 0. was 2015, when we just about hit a recession in the U.S. and the rest of the global economy was devastated. Much of the rest of the global economy was devastated in depression. Before that, 2012. 2012 was almost a recession. In fact, it was almost a recession so much that the Federal Reserve decided it needed to do QE3 and then QE4. Yes, there were four QEs through 2012. So real serious weakness in nominal gross domestic income. And you don't really see this, this sort of weakness during the inflationary recessions of the 70s and the early 1980s. We do see that kind of uh, weakness in gross domestic, nominal gross domestic spending in the recessions before the great inflation of the 70s, which is interesting because we're supposed to be in an inflationary period in 2022 and 2023. So even if we are, or assuming that we were, nominal gross domestic income is already weaker than it had been at any point during the 1970s and 80s recessions. If we break down gross domestic income, by its constituent components. What we see is that wages and salaries, which again, the bigger part of that, that those are growing, those are still growing nom nominally, but they have slowed down precipitously too over these, these, these two quarters that we have in mind. But the big one is, as I talked about last week, corporate profits. Businesses are indeed hurting, which only makes sense because this was never inflation. As commodity prices and material prices, and to an extent, labor prices went up in 2021 and first part of 2022, businesses were not able to pass along those costs to their customers. As a result, while it looked like consumer, while it looked like inflation from the perspective of consumer prices, businesses were absorbing much of that imbalance, which was leading to a profitability squeeze, something that we've talked about all along, something that the bond market was intimately acquainted with is why curves had inverted because businesses that are suffering in this fashion to this degree are not going to be hiring workers. The economy is not going to be able to perform. It's not going to be, it's not going to continue to be robust or resilient if businesses are suffering on their bottom line. So net operating surplus, like corporate profits, those have turned decidedly lower on a nominal basis. So of course, wages and salaries are going to slow down because business profits are beginning to roll over and fall and decrease. They're making adjustments in labor, if only slowly at first. And they're doing so in a way that is every bit consistent with what we should find and expect in and after, even after a recession. So these are strong recession indicators and they only get stronger from here. Now, what, what we've been talking about to this point has been nominal GDI, which is enough. I mean, you think about it, nominal spending, which has been the big, the big real, the real big problem since 2021 with Uncle Sam's massive interventions. Nominal spending went up and supply wasn't able to meet it. We got the supply shock. So even nominal slowdown, that's already concerning because nominally that was the big story in the real economy. But what about in real terms? Let's let's adjust everything for prices as best as we possibly can. What we see is that again, real GDP and real GDI normally track pretty closely to one another because we would expect them to. They're two sides of the same coin. They don't always meet eye to eye. And where they do disagree in discrete periods, 
tends to be just before and during in the uh, early stages of recessions. I'm not going to go over all of them. I'll just bring up a couple here. Let's start with the 1979-1980 period. What you see is that GDI had been somewhat weaker in 1978 and then 1979 you see GDI starting to decline even before we get to the 1980 recession. At the same time GDP was weak, but if you looked at GDP, you would have thought, well, the economy's slowing down, but so far, no problem. Whereas if you look at GDI, you would say, yeah, there's likely some big trouble coming, a recession or whatnot. And the same was, you know, GDP and GDP, GDI were largely in agreement in the 81-82 recession, so not really any difference there. They both said, hey, the economy is incredibly awful, the, uh, to almost the same degree, too. Move forward to the 1988-89 period, leading into what, we, what should be called the SNL recession. Uh, what you see is pretty obvious on the chart here. In 1989, gross domestic income was way weaker than gross domestic product. Um, it's something that the Federal Reserve talked about in 1989, about how the economy appeared to be rolling over. They were deathly afraid of inflation, the great inflation reigniting before then suddenly Lots of data, including GDI, which said the economy is in rough shape, not inflationary, strong shape. And then, of course, we got the 1991 recession where GDI was preparing people for the fact that it was coming. Because when incomes start to go down, especially business incomes, that doesn't mean anything good for the real economy, regardless of what the Federal Reserve is doing in one direction or another. The 2001.com recession. The 2001.com recession kind of flipped the script a little bit because you have GDI, which was much better than GDP. So in this particular recession, GDP was a little bit more of a warning sign than GDI was. And then GDI had to catch up during the recession, catch up to the downside where GDP already was. So this is one that's sort of the exception to the rule here where GDI was a little bit stronger than GDP had made it seem. Then, of course, the big one, the great quote-unquote recession. And just like the 1978-79 period leading up to the 1980 recession, we also see GDI do something similar here leading up to what became known as the Great Recession when it wasn't really a recession. GDI said the economy was doing really well in 2005. In fact, GDI suddenly accelerated, but then got a little bit flatter in 2006 as the housing bubble started to roll over. But the big one here third quarter of 2007, the one where the global monetary crisis really started to show up and really started to impact the real economy almost right away. And if you look at GDP, you think, well, the economy's hanging in there. Whereas if you look at GDI, you say, yeah, there's already some effects from this global monetary crisis stuff and housing bust and everything that's going on and financial volatility. So GDI, especially through the latter part of 2007 into the first half of 2008, really into the third quarter of 2008, you look at GDI and you said, yeah, this looks like at least a recession. Whereas you look at GDP, like most people did, most people did at the time, you would have thought, well, it's, it's troubling, it's concerning, but it doesn't look like recession. GDI was a much better cyclical indicator back in 2007 and 2008, which brings us, of course, to... 2022 and 2023. Both GDI and GDP had roughly equivalent performance 
during the pandemic, the recession then, as well as the artificial boost period 2021, GDI was rough, was a little bit higher, but again, roughly equivalent between the two series. Uh, the 2022 technical recession, remember that, the slowdown in the real economy. GDP was a little bit, little bit lower, uh, more of a contraction in GDP versus GDI, which was flat, but both of those picked up, both, both of the data series picked up the shift in the economy, but where they, dis, where they really diverge is, again, these past two quarters. The fourth quarter of last year, the first quarter of this year, what you see is GDI, real GDI, falling. So nominal GDI is slowing way down, real GDI is actually contracting at a pretty substantial rate. And we're going to finish up here with one final huge, reliable recession indicator. When you look at GDI on a real GDI on a year-over-year -year basis, so after the two quarters of contraction in real GDI, we now have a negative. In fact, it's almost one percent negative year-over-year. -year. And in 301 quarters of year-over-year -year data, going all the way back to 1940, that's all. That's a little bit over 75 years of data. Every time that GDI, real GDI has been negative year over year, it has been either a recession or immediately falling one, falling, falling after one. Every single time GDI is negative on a year over year basis, that's recession. So we look at nominal GDI, we look at real GDI, both of those are telling us recession in the US, not a mild one in the second half of this year, a mild one already before we even get to the real nastiness of the credit crunch and banking crisis. So as I've said before, everything that has happened, including what we see in GDI, is consistent with markets telling us where things are going. Deflationary recession, 2008 style scenario. In fact, the similarities between GDI and GDP leading up to 2008 and today are a little bit too close for comfort. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University research subscribers, marketsinsiderpro.com research subscribers, and all our Eurodollar University members. Huge thank you, sincere thank you. And until next time, take care.